Welcome to Catholic Vitamins, your dose of spiritual supplements from A to Z. Catholic Vitamins, specially formulated to help you achieve optimum spiritual health. It's time to energize your faith, forget what lies behind, and press on toward the goal. We've already won. Here are your hosts for Catholic Vitamins, Deacon Tom Fox and his lovely wife, Dee. Well, hello, everyone. It's a snowy Saturday in north central Arizona. This is the Deacon, and I'm sitting next to the weather lady. We'll come back to that in just a moment. (laughs) I'm Dee, the weather lady. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Catholic Vitamins, yearning number two. Meaning we did it before. We did we yearning did. before, yes. We did yearning before. Not this, not these guests. No. And not this topic. No. We're all yearning for God's divine mercy. We seek his mercy. And we're going to be talking about divine mercy with our special guests, Joan and Dave Maroney. We'll get into that in a little bit later. This is episode 472 for the World Wide Web. And episode 120. Or KPIH. Grim Catholic Radio. <laughs> it's right on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> um, we are zooming in towards 500 shows. I don't know if we're going to make it before we pull the plug, D, but um, they were wondering when we had our board meeting, we'll even talk about the board meeting uh, for our Catholic radio effort, whether or not Catholic vitamins would continue. We'll have to prattle about that a little bit. But for right now, as we begin prattle, we're in the season of Lent. Some people go around with a smile inverted about the subject of Lent. And I will admit that Dee is a little colder in the mornings when she comes out and can't have her sweets. (laughs) On Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I'm not colder. I'm just quieter. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we've been uh, we've been doing that as a just a very small part of practice of Lent, and uh, we're doing that as a form of penance. I'm substituting toast and peanut butter. Yes, Maggie likes it when we do that because she always gets to lick a little bit of the peanut butter. At least when I do it, I don't know if you give her any. Oh, I always give her a little bit. So, um, Dee and I are also doing a rosary in uh, the evening, once a week. I know people who pray the rosary three times a day, that for us to talk about doing a rosary once is not that big of a deal, but we're doing it as part of a sort of rosary in the home. This is in addition to our regular rosary we do every Saturday morning when we're driving to Pine. For our breakfast. And I do rosaries during the week. I often do um, rosary. I know this sounds strange when I am exercising, like on the elliptical. So, any other words, D, on Lenten progress uh, for you? Oh, Oh, I misspelled that. I'm looking at my notes here, and I misspelled something. Well, we're enjoying the stations. That's right. You know, it's kind of odd to use the words enjoying the stations, but... As a form of Lenten practice, uh, to be joined with others who come over to the parish 
church at um, Friday at five o'clock and to do the stations is really nice. The young family that we're courting and uh, welcoming into the community was there. The lady with her uh, six children. Gosh, to try and corral all of them and get them out the door and to get them over to the church. And you uh, you sat down beside them. I don't know how much help you were I know. Able. We were walking in the church and I looked down and I said the one one of the older boys was on the end of the pew and he was turned around and he was like, come, come, come sit with us. Oh, how sweet, how <laughs> sweet. I had to go in and vest in my alb and cincture the rope and then uh, carried the cross around with Father leading the stations of the cross. And I guess the one other thing I'll say for anyone who's listening to Dee and I talk about Lenten practices, I, uh, I don't remember if we mentioned this on the last show. It may have been after that, but I have also done my Lenten confession, at least one of them. I may do another one before Easter, but we recommend that for Catholics. You, you, meant, you said my word of enjoy may not be the appropriate well, thing to stay, say for stations, and you're probably right, but stations really, I think, enforces what Lent is all about. For sure, for sure. Well, dear Lord God, we... Uh, Join you during this Lenten season in the journey of um, your passion, and uh, we'll soon be at the point of your death, but we're all doing this to prepare prepare for the joy of Easter. <clears throat> and this is, once again, Deacon Tom and D trying to nourish faith from A to Z, vitamin Y, yearning number two. We'll take our first break, and we'll be back. Hi, I'm Tom Beale with a Lenten Reflection. At one time or another, many of us have experienced rage. For years, I've helped a demented neighbor with his medical and financial affairs. He'd received a tax refund, and as account cosigner, I checked online, only to find that $15,000 he had the day before was gone. I panicked and called the man. He had no recollection except that he and the woman assisting him with food and medicine had gone to the bank together. I contacted the woman who was verbally abusive to me and refused to answer any questions. I was enraged. I stormed to the bank. The people there helped by putting things on hold until resolved to my satisfaction. My rage subsided. I was still shaking. But my wrath was gone, drained and spent. John 3.36 says, Anyone who believes in the Son has eternal life, but anyone who refuses to believe in the Son will never see life. God's wrath hangs over him. From that we learn, God the Father poured all his wrath onto his own Son. God's wrath from the accumulation of all our sins was spent on Jesus, drained and spent on Jesus but not on us. To us, the Father turns gently and welcomes each of us as adopted sons and daughters. Amazing. When was the last time you thanked God, your Father, for His sacrifice at the cross? Take a minute now and do it, and have a blessed day. Well, we're back. That uh, voice that you listened to was Tom Beale, a... Um lay evangelist in the Phoenix Valley, who has done some work for our Catholic radio station. And uh, he'll be doing a daily reflection on our Catholic radio station. And I wanted to just share a few of those here on Catholic Vitamins. People who listen to us on our web podcast wouldn't get to hear 
And uh, that uh, episode that he started with was kind of heavy duty, huh? It was. About uh, rage. And I know there are some people who are raging about things the way they are in the country or the way they wish things were going. And um, the Lord God is our refuge. The Lord God is our refuge. Well, we were talking earlier before that break about a young family, a wife and mother. She, The husband was working down in the valley, and the wife brought the six children into church, and one was waving for Dee to join her, uh, have her join them in the pew, which she did. Um, I'm going to, I'm really blessed and I'm really uh, excited about this. In a couple days, I will be starting my first uh, lessons with the children, preparing them for first confession, first communion. Two of them in particular. Yes, correct, correct. Yeah. And then, uh, you may not know this, dear listeners, but in the ordinary at church, the Catholic church that we are attending primarily, and in many of the Roman churches, the traditional Roman Catholic churches, the sacraments of the Eucharist and confirmation are done at the same time if children are of the age of reason, which is usually a set at about seven years of age, could be eight each bishop will decide that in his own diocese, but um, I know that it is happening in some dioceses that the bishop will give uh, confirmation at the same time that the first Eucharist is given. So I'll be working on that to prepare the children. And my hope is that we'll be ready, D by Pentecost. Won't that be beautiful? Yes. Absolutely wonderful. Well, Dee. Oh, we were t- you mentioned about the weather earlier. Yes. We have... Weird weather this weekend. It's been cold. It's been cold, but we woke up this morning and the trees were just loaded with snow. Not much on the ground, but just loaded with snow. And then about an hour and a half, two hours later, you couldn't even tell I had done anything. <clears throat> I'm looking out now. Can't even t- right now. I can see some snow coming down. Yes. Very lightly, but everything on the ground is clear. I mean, you can't and, see and, anything. And the snow is all gone from the trees too. Yes. Amazing. It's strange. Amazing. Dee was talking with her head out towards the door. Sorry. <laughs> I'm looking at the window and talking. <laughs> we are in our uh, podcast palace, which is our second floor <laughs> studio that we have in the home. Wouldn't, you wouldn't call it a very fancy studio because we don't have any fancy equipment that we're doing. But we've, we've enjoyed how many years of Catholic Vitamins, Dee? Since 2009. Wow, Really? Yes. And as I as I said earlier, approaching 500 shows. My goodness, it might be it might be a time to pull the plug. You think so? Maybe. Well, all right. And uh, a final little bit of sharing of our life has nothing to do with faith, other than reminding me that I had a moment of rage when I couldn't get the uh, garage door to open. <laughs> That's right. You left to go to the gym. Yes. Yesterday morning. Yes. Got out fine. And when you came back, I was upstairs, and I heard. And I thought I heard the garage door, and then I stopped, I turned my uh, heater off. I, I had on the room, and I listened, and I could hear it again and again. And I thought that doesn't sound right. <clears throat> and I went downstairs, and you were trying to get the door open, and it wouldn't open. Yes. So one of the uh, massive springs that they use, I think he said it's a five hundred pound spring, or that's the tension, or whatever. Uh, but um, 
the spring must have sprung, so to speak. <laughs> Which is probably what I heard. Yeah, you mentioned earlier. Yeah, I had been, noise. yeah, I had been sitting downstairs and I heard this noise and had no clue where it was coming from. I looked all around the house. I couldn't find anything. It was a one-time noise, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't find anything that had fallen over or, you know, anything that was disturbed. So I couldn't figure out what this noise came from. Well, that's probably what it was. So I am parking outside for a couple of days, a couple of snow days outside. And I'm captive and inside. My car is inside the garage. I can't get it out. So a rage subsided. We'll get over it. Dear friends, we'll take another break and we'll be back with our special guests, Joan and Dave Maroney and their special ministry called Mom, M-O-M-M. There's something very appealing about Lent. Hi, this is Tony Agnesi. It calls us to cleanse something from within, to burn away or rend those things that keep us from a wholehearted relationship with God. That is why often more people are at Mass on Ash Wednesday than on any given Sunday. Those ashes are a symbol, an outward sign of this cleansing. You know, the real work of Lent is not about shaming ourselves. It's not about a guilt trip for our sins. Lent offers us a sense of reconnection, of returning to God wholeheartedly. It's about moving forward, leaving our past sins behind, and having a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. For he says, in an acceptable time I heard you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is an acceptable time to get started. Even now we can start, stop resisting a relationship with God and follow him, not in a superficial way, but with our whole hearts. Even now, what seemed hopeless in your life can be made whole. Even now, your marriage on the brink of divorce can be restored. Even now, your children who have left the faith can return. Even now, your job search can end with a new beginning. Even now, your cancer can go into remission. Even now, if we only return to the Lord with our whole heart. Be encouraged, my friends. We are told in Matthew, for everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds, and to one who knocks, the door will be opened. It's guaranteed. Want to get closer to our Lord? Then we need to spend some time with him. Let's really try to put into place the tenets of Lent, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Let's take some time during Lent to make a point to love God more wholeheartedly. Here's a few things we can do. One, attend Mass, not only on Sunday, but during Lent. Why not try to add another Mass during the week? There are many churches that offer Mass early morning or in the evening. I like to attend Mass occasionally on my lunch hour, and I try to attend at least one service during Holy Week. Increase your prayer time. There's always a moment you can find to pray. I like praying in my car on the way to and from work. It helps me be in a better place when I get to work. And that prayer relieves the stress of the day on my way home. Number three, read scripture, a good book, or a Lenten devotional. There are some really good Lenten books and devotionals that can help you in your attempt to be more wholehearted in your relationship with God. Number four, give up something that will help another. It's one thing to give up that double latte, but then donate the money saved over the 40 days of Lent to your favorite charity. And number five, get involved in a service project. 
The local St. Vincent de Paul Society, Salvation Army, Homeless Shelter, or a warming station could always use an extra hand. Let's try to make this the best Lent ever. Let's take the time to love our Lord wholeheartedly so that at Easter, when we proclaim He is risen, we can declare with love and conviction, Alleluia. This is Tony Agnesi. Next up on Catholic Vitamins, we're uh, all the way from Arizona to back east, Massachusetts, I believe. Is that right? No, actually, we're we run and operate. We're, we're with the mother, uh, the Marian Fathers out of Stockbridge, Massachusetts, but uh, we uh, work and operate out of uh, our home and office near San Antonio, Texas. Oh my goodness! All right, all right. Well, technology <clears throat> prevails today, and uh, we're on the phone with. Dave and Joan Maroney, and they are with the Mother of Mercy Messengers, which we'll get into uh, a little bit later. I'd like to find out about Dave and Joan first. Uh, ladies first, Joan, <clears throat> where were you born? What was your family of origin like, and was there faith in your earlier years? Good question. I was born in Chicago, Illinois. I'm the second oldest of six, a family of six, and um my background is my family's Polish. I grew up in a Polish neighborhood. Um, went to a church that celebrated Mass in Polish. I didn't speak Polish. Um, all my great-grandparents either came from Poland or Slovakia. So, uh, you know, our Catholic faith was, was important to us. Um, we, uh, but I guess we just basically went to church on Sundays and, you know, did, did the regular celebrations. Um, we uh, moved to Texas uh, just before I moved into high school, and uh, I was always, I, I think I always had a, a great love for the faith. Um, our family, okay, growing up in the, the 60s, 70s or so, I graduated from high school in the late 70s, um, we never really prayed as a family. We went to Mass um, every Sunday and confession on a kind of, you know, regular basis, but not much prayer. In fact, we didn't even pray before, uh, together as a family except grace before meals, and that was only on Thanksgiving and Christmas, you oh know. My, oh, my, sure. sure. <laughs> but as, um, 
but when I did, made the determination to go to college, I wanted to, uh, I, I was intent on uh, getting a degree in business, and I was very driven uh, to get into the la- that lifestyle, but also I, um, I still had a love for my faith, and I decided to go to Catholic University, so I went to St. Mary's University in San Antonio, Texas. And so I would guess that I always had that, that love for God in my life, although, you know, then when you get into college life, um, you just, you know, I fell into sin, I wasn't practicing the faith, receiving the sacraments like I should, and all that kind of thing. But um, all in all, you know, I'm a cradle Catholic. Dave's got a little bit different story. <laughs> all right, all right. <clears throat> Thank you for that background. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, not to... Uh, what untypical Joan of many, right. many of our young people, the path that they go. <clears throat> Dave, how about you? Tell us a little bit about your family of origin and your growing up. Well, I was born into a wonderful Baptist family, uh, Southern Baptist, and uh, you know, I, uh, looking back and what I know now, since I've come into the fullness of the, of the faith, it uh, we had no. Uh, anti-catholic rhetoric in in the in the home at all my mother and father were were both loving uh just a beautiful uh wonderful upbringing uh you know sunday school and sunday service uh every sunday with our our you know our our suit or our coat and tie you know dressed up and uh then also uh wednesday night prayer meeting and involved in the church and the youth choir, you know, and, and youth camping trips in the summer, you know, and just, uh, you know, we had three things as, as Baptists. We had, uh, preaching. Well, I'll start, you know, by the Bible first and, and we had preaching and fellowship and we had those three things, uh, you know, really good. The fellowship was looking back on it was, was, uh, really something. And, uh, sounds rather idyllic. <laughs> it, 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 you know, uh, I, I've, I've come to understand that uh, it was a rather unusual because it, it was so uh, blissful, if you will. Now, you know, I mean, uh, you know, as a kid, you know, you're going to be upset because you couldn't, you know, do this or go ride your bike or whatever. So, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, it was a very normal life. But my parents never fought in the home. There was never a crossword between them. And uh, they worked out their differences, you know, away from from the children, you know, and so uh, it, it really uh, provided a good upbringing. And, and I, when it came time, uh, I think it was a gift from God because it gave me an open heart to the fullness of the faith. Well, praise God for that, for sure. <clears throat> um, so as you left uh, home and headed out into the world, how, how did things go for you? Well, I did, you know, I stopped going... Uh, I stopped being a practicing Baptist, you know, whatever I guess that is. If you go to church on Sunday to the service, then uh, you're a practicing Baptist and read the Bible and stuff. But I stopped, you know, fell away from doing that. And I didn't openly reject uh, the faith. And, I, you know, I, I wasn't rebellious, uh, you know, uh, in that manner. But I did, I did uh, fall into sin, uh, deep, deep sin. And... Uh, uh, and uh, which is kind of living my life in in that manner. Joan and I kind of let, late, met a little bit later on in our lives. Yeah, let's uh, <clears throat> let's begin the journey of you two together. How did you come together, one of you? 
Well, I'll uh, pick up where I left off. When I, like I mentioned, when I went off to college and I too fell into sin, um, I, I got pregnant my final semester of school. And so my boyfriend and I, uh, we decided that, and, and we had a very tumultuous relationship, but we figured out, I was like, well, this is because we're doing things outside of the church and we're not going to church, and so we, we need to get married. So we decided to get married, and we thought that would fix everything. But we really didn't, I mean, we didn't even go to confession. We weren't even told to go to confession. We never even told the priest that I was pregnant. But we got married in the church there at St. Mary's. We tried to fix things. I got a corporate job. I was fast-tracking it, trying to do the woman of the 80s deal, and um, got into sales management with a Fortune 500 company, had another baby, then had another baby. And I tell you, by the time I, my 29th birthday, I looked at my life, and I was like, this is crazy. I was in a terrible relationship. We were fighting all the time. There was a lot of abuse. I was trying to manage uh, children. Uh, a job, a home, you know, still trying to do, have time for myself and go to the gym, all these things. But I guess about 1986 and 1987, there was a marrying year. And it just, I look back on it now and I see, you know, again, I never really left the faith. We'd go to church every now and then, just like most 20 year olds do with small families and go two or three weeks and then get out of the practice of going. But it was tugging at my heart. But in that year is when I really got serious and I went to Mass. And there was a very wonderful priest, a Marian priest, and, I, and the Blessed Mother I know just grabbed my heart at that time and started showing me that what I was trying to hold together was not holy, that I needed to change my life. And my priest was a canon lawyer, my pastor. Long story short, I realized that I needed to separate um, and, and, and for the safety of myself and my children and everything else. And so I got a divorce. And I remember thinking, now I have three small children, and uh, I'm going to be single the rest of my life, but that's all right, or you never know, you might meet somebody else, but if you do, he's probably been married before, and he'll have kids. And I remember hearing in my voice, don't worry about, don't worry about that. Just deal with what's on your plate right now. And in the middle of this, where I was going through what I call the stripping, I had health problems, I had financial problems. I go to this event, and I meet this guy, Dave Maroney, who he and his brother and two other friends had a very quite popular band down in Corpus Christi, Texas, called Aloha Dave and the Tourists. Oh. And they were playing at this event that I went to to try to find. I had quit my corporate job, and I was, trying to, I was self-employed, and I was trying to make business contacts, and I met this guy. And uh, he comes up to me and introduces himself, and uh, right off the bat, he says, you know, how come I don't know you? I said, well, I don't get out much. I'm a single mom. I'm in the middle of a terrible divorce. And he was like, oh, I, I just blurted it all out because I certainly was just trying to survive at that time. And uh, so, Dave, I'll let you pick it up from there. Well, it, it took several moments for me to fall completely in love. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and again, it's, uh, you know, uh, by God's grace, uh, gave me an, uh, an open heart to the fullness of, of the faith. I, 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 yeah, I didn't know uh, much about, you know, Catholic, uh, uh, theology or, you know, the whole gamut of Catholicism. Didn't know much about it at all, but I started, uh, praying the rosary right off the bat with Joan. I mean, you know, and, and the, the three kids that, uh, we, two years later, you know, we, we, we married. And, uh, so, 
you know, we had the home with the three uh, younger children, you know, in the home, and we prayed the rosary and, and of course, mass, and and it was just uh, a wonderful experience learning. It was just such a deepness, and it just made so much sense to me that, you know, in the Baptist church, you never hear someone say, well, in, in the year, you know, 300, so-and-so wrote that this or that, you know, I mean, there's, there's, uh, you're lacking that deep history and richness, uh, and so uh, it was it was wonderful. And and just a couple of years after that, after we married, I, I uh, you know went through RCIA and 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 uh, was confirmed and, and received the Holy Eucharist uh, on Easter that year. Praise God! Praise God! <clears throat> well, um, you know, smilingly, uh, we're a little past this point in the story, but when Joan said that a musician from the band, walked up and put the eye on her. <laughs> this began to sound like, uh-oh, this is not going to go well at all. That's, that's what I thought. I looked. I, I, I remember thinking, oh, brother, but everyone would tell me, no, he's such a nice guy. And I thought, I thought he was married. No, he'd never been married. Um, he didn't have any kids. He was, you know, he was open. But I knew at that time, I, I, like I said, I just flat out, I, I was... Anybody that I meet is going to know exactly who I am and what I'm all about. And, 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 and you know, not only was I a single mom divorced, but, but I was a devout Catholic. I was going to daily mass and, and you know, praying with the kids. And I realized I knew what life was like when you didn't have God the center of your home. And I thought, I'm not going to live that way anymore. And Dave asked me, like, the second weekend, he goes, what are you doing tomorrow? I go, I'm going to mass. And he said, do you mind if I go with you? I never asked him to go, you know, mm. and he went. And it was at the cathedral in Corpus Christi where they have beautiful liturgies, Latin interwoven. And he, he just fell in love, like he says, with the richness of it. And I remember saying, well, Lord, I've been praying for a Catholic guy. This guy's not Catholic, but he's a good guy. He uh, had a good heart, and he's praying with me, and he's going to church with me. And so that was no impediment there. I, you know, you could call yourself Catholic, but not really have the heart of a Catholic. And um, well, so that we got, we got married in the church, and then about a year later, I guess it was, just as soon as he could, a friend told him, he goes, well, why don't you decide to be Catholic? Because I didn't want to ask him. I wanted it to be something he wanted to do. And he goes, yeah, I would like to do that. And I, I like to say that when I saw him, you know, knowing that my husband now was going to confession, and when I saw him receive Holy Communion for the first time, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I thought, oh, my gosh, now we really do have God's grace in the midst of this marriage. And I, I know that, that uh, he's going to be, be blessing us and holding us together. And then eventually, and when we consecrated, we also enthroned um, our, our, our the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart of Mary in our home and consecrated our family. And I truly believe, and Dave and I both believe, that that's what set us on the path now to be doing what we've been doing for the last 21 years as Mother of Mercy Messengers. We'll, we'll get into that in just a second. <clears throat> You've made my heart tender, both of you, by your love story and your journey. Mm. For the sake of people who might hear this on the World Wide Web. <clears throat> uh, you were married before, mm -hmm. and, and um, there is something you have to go through in the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. uh, can you speak to the annulment process? <clears throat> yes, what the annulment, and, and again, it, the Lord really put this in my path because 
we had moved and uh, into a new area, and I thought, let me see what church there is here. And that's where I met Monsignor Leonard Pavalka, who is my pastor, but he was a canon lawyer. And I was working with youth and having this difficulty in my marriage, so through counseling with him, he made me understand that, Joan, what you really have, be, be, there are, I don't know, remember now, five grounds to where an annulment basically says that a marriage doesn't really exist. It's kind of like a contract. If you are, if someone's holding your, a gun to your head and makes you sign something, you don't have really free will. That contract is null and void. It's the same thing in a marriage. And in my situation, the reason we were getting married was, you know, I didn't really have the freedom. We were trying to fix something. You know, I was pregnant. And right. if I wasn't pregnant, I wouldn't have been getting married, you know. Um, another ground can be that we really didn't have the proper counseling. Um, there were there was drug use involved. There was so I don't know what they basically look at is to say that sacrament never really <clears throat> took place. So that mar- and it was obvious because we didn't have the grace flowing in it. And when Dave asked me to marry him, I was um, in the midst. I had submitted my. I thought, oh, better get this annulment submitted, but. This is an important part too because I was I had I I was completely um, willing to in obedience to, to Holy Mother Church. I understood how God works through the Holy Catholic Church, and the Holy Spirit works through it. And I was in adoration, and I told the Lord, I go, if I am not granted this annulment, if the Church determines that what I entered into was a sound and solid marriage, was actually the sacrament, then I will accept that. And that would mean that I would not be free to marry. And then that would mean that I could no longer morally or ethically continue to date Dave Maroney because he has the right to go on and find the person that God has deigned for him. If my marriage is, is not annulled, um, doesn't mean I need to go back and live in an abusive situation. Maybe it means that God's going to, there's healing that's going to come. There's going to be conversion that's going to come. I, I don't know. You, we don't always see uh, what God sees, and I, within the depths of my heart, submitted myself to God's holy will. The very next day was March 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation, and I was at Mass for that, and I saw the ladies from the the uh, Chantry office, because I would check in, did you get word on my moment? You know, about every five days I'd go in, no, man, it takes a little while, John. But on the Feast of the Annunciation, a day after, before the Blessed Sacrament, I told them, you're in charge and I put my faith in your holy church, the ladies came and told me, guess what happened? Yesterday we got word your annulment came through. Wow. And so I knew that I was free to marry, and um, we got that was March 25th, and we got married on July 4th that very same year. <laughs> <clears throat> what a lovely story, and we could stay more on that, but I'd like to move into sure. divine mercy. And uh, mm-hmm. let me preface my opening question by saying, for uh, I've been a deacon almost 17 years, and for many, most of those years, on Divine Mercy Sunday, I have uh, led adoration and the rosary and the Divine Mercy chaplet um, at the 3 o'clock hour, and it's been beautiful. But I believe that many of us in the church, this is an admission that we don't have good understanding or we don't plumb the depth of divine mercy. And I was intrigued by your 
the title of your ministry, Mother of Mercy Messengers, and I know that the subtitle is Divine Mercy for America. So can you start to tell us how this began for you and what you're doing? Joni, you want to go with that one? Well, <laughs> or maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I, I might be able to, to, yeah, to get to it a little quicker. <laughs> uh, we were uh, we had moved from Corpus Christi, Texas, up to a small town near San Antonio, where we still live today. And uh, we met a group uh, that was uh, coming through town. They were giving talks on. Uh, the Divine Mercy image and uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe in the Shroud of Turin. And, uh, you know, long story short, we got involved uh, with them. We wanted to, to, to do some things locally. They were giving presentations and spreading the message of Divine Mercy. And and we thought, well, we can, you know, we can. We had been a member of uh, a cynical, Marian movement cynical, uh, you know, earlier in our lives. So we were familiar with small prayer groups, and that's where we thought we were going to be headed, but out of the blue, they came out and said, well, we think uh, you guys are being called to uh, leave your your jobs and uh, hit the road for divine mercy. I, you know, uh, in addition to being a musician, I uh, had computer programming experience, and at the time I was teaching high school math here in our small town, Joan was working in a small business, and we took, uh, we didn't just, you know, we, it was yes in our hearts uh, from the get-go, but we didn't do anything rash. We didn't just, you know, sell the house and, you know, and leave at that moment. Uh, the children uh, at that time were a little older, and they were, of course, were our, our primary concern. So, uh, but through so the uh, uh, discernment process, being uh, guided by a priest that knew us very well and knew our family, uh, we took nine months discernment and then uh, decided, yes, uh, that this is the path we want to go on. And at the time, uh, we were being uh, connected with the Marian Fathers, and very quickly after that became an official apostolate uh, for for the Marian Fathers. And our role, uh, we always looked at, was uh, to take the message uh, from the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy and take it into the parish, and we we uh, started giving presentations to to the general parish audience, uh, and then, but more importantly, I think to the schools and the CCD, the religious ed programs. And if they if the religious ed met at Wednesday evening at six, then instead of going to class, they would all come into the to the church, and we would give a presentation to the whole religious ed, and, and then the next morning we'd give the Catholic school kids presentations, and then that that night, you know, to the whole parish. And, and I and I think the uh, the fact that we would go in because a lot of people, you know, they'll go to a conference, let's say, to learn about divine mercy. You know, well, that's great, but there's a, a limited number of people that. They have the resources or the time or they're even interested in going to a conference. So we really would go into the trenches. We went into prisons. We would go into, you know, like Dave said, the schools. We've been on Indian reservations, crisscrossing the country, and over a 1,000 parishes and schools, and, um, and, and helping people learn about learn the message, but then we're very practical ways to live it and to spread it. Because now that we were in a parish, now we're talking to people. There might be 300 people there. Well, guess what? Now they need to take it to their family members or their people 
at, at their, their prayer groups or at their work, you know, how do they spread it? And that kind of comes from my marketing background. So that's always kind of been our forte to help people do this. And certainly right now, like you said, with Divine Mercy Sunday coming, there's still so much to, for people to really understand and grasp the importance of this day. In 2012 then, um, I was, Dave and I were just talking, this is such an important season because we're, we're going through Lent, and that Lent leads us to what? To, to Easter. And on Easter, you know, the, the next weekend is Divine Mercy Sunday. It's really like one whole week. And on Easter, what do we do? We, we renounce Satan, all his pomps. All, we, we are sprinkled with, with holy water. And we are cleansed. It's like it's like a second baptism. It's like we're being rebaptized. That's actually what happens, and that's why on the Feast of Mercy, the following weekend, the promise that the Lord said for those of us that go to Mass, we've been to confession, we receive Jesus worthily in the sacrament, you know, in the Blessed Sacrament. When we are uh, repentant of our sins, which if on Easter we're saying we renounce Satan, you know, and all his works and all his pomp, and we've been a confession, we're truly repentance, and all of our sins and all of our punishment are completely wiped clean. Mm-hmm. And then, you, then that leads us to the Feast of Pentecost. I mean, where the Holy Spirit comes to so this time right now that we're in is so important for repenting of our sins, cleansing ourselves, filling ourselves with the Holy Spirit so that we can be renewed and help renew others. In 2012, we became aware that through the Diary of St. Faustina, that several times, there's over 20 times, where the Lord gave her very explicit ways how to pray for her native land. And we thought, my goodness, and, and she was told to pray for Poland, which was on the verge of World War II, and it did suffer more than any other European country. Um, the only country that suffered more was, was Russia. But she was told to pray for her country because of its sinfulness, because of its ingratitude. And we thought, oh, my goodness, how sinful are we today compared to how Poland was in the 1930s? <laughs> and whatever the Lord told St. Faustina in that diary wasn't just meant for her. It's, it's a contemporary book. It's, meant, it's a message for us today, right? And so we began to employ and to teach people how to pray for our nation and uh, the same way St. Faustina was told to, to do for Poland. And that's where the Divine Mercy for America program comes in. And now we have, oh, golly, I don't know, 20,000 people all across the United States that are committed to praying novenas every month, the same novena St. Faustina was told to do. And we really help them with employing the promises that Jesus gives us to help get that grace into the home, like through his image, through his holy cards, through the recitation of the chaplet. And right now the big, big push is to really for people to understand the grace that comes on the Feast of Mercy. Oh, wow. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> are, you, uh, are you traveling a lot? Not, uh, well, we, uh, we had a, a personal situation that uh, uh, Joan's parents lived close by here, and, and it was, uh, uh, we were understanding they needed us to be around a, a little bit more as they got older. In fact, Joan's mother uh, passed away this last December. So we had we had planned to uh, curtail our traveling, and then of course with the uh, the China virus uh, coming along, sure. uh, that pretty pretty much uh, we did have several engagements booked uh, in in uh, 2020, but those were all canceled. 
So, uh, but we we now have uh, we're headed up to Wisconsin uh, to the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help uh, in uh, uh, for uh, Divine Mercy Sunday. And not only that, though, what's been the beautiful thing, like you said earlier, the technology through Zoom. I mean, and, and through our website, we we have not stopped. And now we're able to actually, we have had great interviews. We just, every month now, we do our holy hour. We do a virtual holy hour with everybody. We have over 100 people join us every month for nine days from all across the country. And we zoom into the chapel in Vilnius, Lithuania, where the original image of the divine mercy is and Jesus exposed in the monstrance. So uh, we're grounded here, but, but you know, the God's grace is flowing and his message is flowing, and we continue to, to be able to evangelize probably um, even greater than ever before. Mm-hmm. So if people are interested in finding out more about <clears throat> Mother of Mercy, <clears throat> excuse me, messengers, uh, what, what would you recommend that they do? I think the best place is to go to the divinemercyforamerica.org, just all spelled out, divinemercyforamerica.org. And there's a membership tab. You can fill out the form and get on the, the email list. And uh, we have about eight different groups. You can opt into the first of the month novenas. Uh, the, uh, the popular, uh, Divine Mercy Novena that starts on Good Friday. And what we do is we send out a daily email with the Novena prayers. It makes it very convenient for people, uh, you know, to, to pull up. And we also have links to audio and, and videos of the different prayers so they could, uh, you know, pull it up on their phone or whatever and, and pray the chaplet right there, you know, and pray the, the novena prayers. It just, uh, people really, they tell us that it really helps them, uh, helps their prayer life. Well, we will definitely keep you in our prayers. Um, two lives that have been blessed to find each other and to find God's love and, uh, your marriage, and now this ministry work that you're doing. Um, We will just continue to try to support you on our local Catholic radio station and on our Catholic Vitamins podcast that we're recording this for today. This interview will also be heard on our Catholic radio station. So a, a blessing for sure for us to find you and to spend this time with you. Any closing words or uh, invitation or, or anything you'd like to share? We just thank you, Deacon, so much, and ask God's blessings upon you and all uh, those that, that listen. And to the, you know, the Divine Mercy message, uh, the greater the sinner, the greater the right to his mercy. So uh, if you're listening, and no matter what you've done in the past, turn away from it, turn to Jesus. Uh, you know, Jesus is in the Catholic Mass, Catholic Church. Go to, you know, go to Mass. And, uh, and, and, you know, open your heart to the love of Jesus. He's there. He's, he died for you, uh, and is, is there to forgive you of what you've done in the past. Yeah, and I'll just say too, the Feast of Mercy, April 11th, that weekend, Jesus says, the divine floodgates through which grace flow are open. And we, remission of sin and punishment, but also the temporal things. So we, Jesus said, tell souls to ask for much. So we just encourage everybody. There's so much evil in our world and in our lives, so much brokenness. And here's an opportunity to ask the Lord to heal us, to mend us, 
to pour his grace down, to, to, to purge our country and our families of the evil. And when we pray this with trust, we just leave it in his hands, and we know, and the miracles abound. So let's take full advantage of the Feast of Mercy coming uh, very soon. Thank you both again, <clears throat> Dave and Joan Maroney, for uh, introducing our listeners to Mother of Mercy Messengers and sharing about Divine Mercy for America. As I said, we'll keep you in our prayers. I hope we're able to stay in touch. Absolutely. We'll come back, Deacon. Thank you so much. Thanks again, Deacon. Show them mercy, divine mercy. Mercy, Jesus, have mercy. Well, in reverse order, we've been listening to the music of Donna Corey Gibson, someone we've had on Catholic Vitamins in shows past, and we, from time to time, enjoy playing her music. That was uh, a cut from her Divine Mercy album about the three o'clock mercy, the hour of mercy. And before that, our uh, time with the Maronis, <clears throat> what a wonderful couple and what a wonderful ministry they have. And before that, D, Tony Agnesi. Oh, I enjoy his meditations. Yeah, he, he's great in his reflections, whether he's talking about the seasons of the year or um, people that he's met, experiences he's had. I remember one of his talks was about uh, giving a young lady a bus pass to go someplace. Uh, he's, he's really touched by people in need around him that he runs into. And he shares so many of his personal stories in his books that he wrote. Right. Well, speaking of friends of Catholic Vitamins. And we, music. And music, <laughs> yes. We heard from Juliana Grantz. She has been a friend of Catholic Vitamins for a few years. She's a lovely young. Oh, she's so young. Sweet lady. And uh, I'm hoping that we get to meet her sometime in person. Whether we go back to the land of, uh, what, humidity and mosquitoes? <laughs> or whether we get her to come out to uh, the Southwest. Dear Deacon Tom, hello, how are you doing? I'm doing great and very excited to share with you that I'm going to uh, a recording studio to record my new album. Well, listen to this. Juliana, we're proud of you. She said, I think you will love it. She has a smiley face. My Lent is going wonderfully. <clears throat> how is your Lent going? I'm very excited for Easter and summer especially for uh, Catholic Youth Summer Camp in July. This will be my third year going to camp. Bless you, Juliana. I wonder where that is. She didn't say where it is. No, no. And uh, she sent along two songs. I think we'll have time for a good part of one of them. Uh, we'll have to watch our clock because of uh, coming near the end of the show. But uh, let's pause for just a moment and listen to Juliana and Storms. is roaring, the rain is pouring, will this ever end? Will hate expire, cease to conspire, will the road make a bend? Cause they say that you're there, but I don't seem to care, cause the waves are just too strong. As the wind lashes the shores and the strong trees are torn, I'm trying to hold on. But every storm my face will lift me higher If I rise above it, I can fly 
which died. The waves are crashing, the line is flashing, the storm's stronger than before. And though I'm trying, my faith is dying. And well, that's a part of Storms by Juliana Grantz, and uh, she's putting together a new album. <clears throat> I hope we can help promote her. D, we heard from Bay McFarlane who was our guest on the previous show, and she posted our interview on her website, Defending the Cause of Marriage as Defined in the Catholic Church. Her website is Mary's Advocates. You know, we're always appreciative of guests who promote us, too. Exactly, sure. Promote our show on their sites, on their websites or their social media sites. You have a, a book in your hand. I've got our March giveaway in my hand. It's this called, book is called Be Devoted, Restoring Friendship, Passion, and Communion in Your Marriage. It's written by Bob Schutz. He also wrote the book Be Healed. So here's uh, two uh, um, what shows in a row where we can offer this book for free to our listeners. If you will just <clears throat> send an email to catholicvitamins at gmail.com. And it sort of tied in with the show last Episode, or the last episode of our show where we we're promoting the cause of marriage. Right. Thank you, dear. Send an email, dear listener, if you're interested in the book. Send an email to catholicvitamins at gmail.com. Or uh, if you're close to us, you can call our studio number. Which is 928-363-4144. If people only, know the ta- only knew the tape that's holding that up. <laughs> You don't have to tell on me. Speaking of telling on me, Dee, <laughs> are you going to tell about how my eyes are going to look Tuesday or later in well, the week? I don't know how they're going to look, but I would imagine maybe puffy, maybe black and blue. I don't know. It will look as if we need counseling on marriage. What are we doing <laughs> giving, giving away a book on, on improving marriage? I'm having surgery on my eyes this coming Tuesday. I have an unusual situation in which my lower eyelids have turned inward and uh, they're scraping against my eyes. Kind of an uncomfortable situation. Unusual surgery for sure. Well, dear friends, that's it for Catholic Vitamins. This has been Catholic Vitamin Y for yearning number two, show number two on yearning. We yearn, yearn for Jesus' divine mercy. We thank you for listening to us and dear D, we'll see you on the next show. Bye. Finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And we'll see you next time on Catholic Vitamins.
Endowing us with a mortal life from the heart. 